This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. All right, let's all take a deep breath together. You ready? One, two, three. <sighs> that sucked, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Rico Bronia. The New York Mets lose two games to the New York Yankees. They get swept by the New York Yankees. But before we get started, let's commend Pete Hoffman. He's at freaking Disney World, and we're recording this at 1 o'clock in the morning. Did you have fun at the Magic Kingdom, Pete? Um, for a majority of it, the last hour kind of blew. I'll put it that way. But yes, it was great. <laughs> that sounds like the Mets season so far. It's been really, really enjoyable. But the last two games, they've blown. And look, they've lost because they haven't hit. I mean, sometimes things are very, very basic. Uh, in the opener of this series against Domingo Herman, they did nothing against him. I mean, it was... It was so weird because clearly they had a game plan early on of hack against Domingo Herman, swing early in the count against Domingo Herman, and from the time Starling Marte bounced into that double play second batter of the game, it was bing 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 bing. They had an opportunity when Pete Alonso came up with two on and two out, and he bounced into a double play. This coincided with Max Scherzer having. Just a very mediocre performance. That's really what it was. Max was mediocre in the opener of this series. It was probably his worst performance as a Met, which I guess is a compliment that your worst performance is going to be six and two-thirds innings, seven hits, four runs. He almost gave up two home runs to Aaron Judge. He gave up a couple of hits to Aaron Judge. Uh, But really, more so than Max, as much as maybe we expect Max to dominate every time he's out there, the Mets couldn't hit. They really couldn't. Outside of Daniel Vogelbach hitting that two-run bomb after the drop pop-up, the Met offense did absolutely nothing. They did nothing against Domingo Herman for the most part. They did nothing against Marinaccio, and they really couldn't touch Jonathan Loisega. It was, I hate to say lifeless, because I think sometimes it becomes very easy and lazy for us as hosts or fans to say something's lazy because you don't hit. Just because you don't hit doesn't mean it's lazy. But I understand why it looks that way. And so in the first game of this series, they just didn't hit. In the second game of this series, they missed so many freaking opportunities. I mean, there were so many opportunities in this game 
against Frankie Montes, especially early. And then obviously late in this game, they had a golden opportunity with first and second, nobody out in the eighth inning. And Daniel Vogelback, who can't even move right now, bounces into a double play. Obviously, the end of the game was scintillating, I guess. The Mets giving you that two-out rally with two strikes on every single hitter. But the bottom line is they didn't hit. For two games against the New York Yankees, they did not hit. And it was frustrating. Everything about this was frustrating. Look, as Met fans, we don't want to lose to the New York Yankees. We have family members that are Yankee fans. We have coworkers that are Yankee fans. We have relatives that are Yankee fans. We don't want to lose to them. We don't want to lose to them like this, especially if you're a Met fan that was opening up your mouth before this series started. And I started to, and then I hesitated because I knew as a Met fan this crap could happen. Number one, the Yankees are not a bad team. They were just playing bad for a while. That's really what it was. So I said this after the Mets won the two games against the Yankees. So I'll say it after they lost two games against the Yankees. This sucks in the moment. And it it will. It's going to suck tomorrow. It's going to suck the day after that. As soon as the Mets start playing their series against the Colorado Rockies, none of this matters. You have to move on. So much like when they won, I kind of felt the same way. It's great. We're having a good time. Enjoy yourself for two days. As soon as the schedule sort of restarts, the, the what happened against the Yankees doesn't really matter. So this is going to sting for a few days. You're going to get a lot of verbal insults come your way for a few days. I've already gotten them. I was at Yankee Stadium. I can't even repeat half the crap that was said to me. The Mets suck. You suck. They suck this object. You suck that object. I get it. There's a lot of sucking going on. That's what I learned. And by the way, this stuff was being said to me. My five-year-old was at the game. Dad, what does he mean by that? Yeah, I I don't want to get into it, Jet. (laughs) Oh, my. My favorite part, Hoff, is that the second game of this series, the finale, uh, there's a Yankee fan behind me who's just piss drunk. And he's screaming, the Mets suck. Every time Jet hears someone say that, He just politely screams as loud as he can, let's go, Mets. (laughs) This guy keeps responding. And I wanted to turn around and say, dude, are you really having a shouting match with a five-year-old? Is this what you're doing? Yeah, he's screaming, let's go, Mets. He's five. He's excited. You're screaming that the Mets suck objects. Like, what what is happening right now? But this is my fault. Why the hell did I take my kid to a freaking Subway Series game is beyond me. Two Subway Series games. One at City Field, now at Yankee Stadium. I got to stop with this crap. But look, seriously, I want everyone to take a deep breath. The New York Mets losing these two games to the New York Yankees is not the end of the world. It feels like it. If you're at the stadium, it feels that way. You don't want to lose games like this. You don't want to lose games in which Pete Alonso is dropping a freaking pop-up. You don't want to lose a game like that. You don't want to lose a game in which Oswaldo Cabrera is drawing a bases-loaded walk. You don't want to lose a game like that. You don't want to lose a game when Buck Showalter goes to Joely Rodriguez and he promptly, ahead of the count, gives up a base hit to aforementioned Oswaldo Cabrera. You don't want to lose a game like that. 
You don't want to lose a game when Andrew Benintendi's slapping an RBI single and Aaron Judge is getting a huge RBI single as an insurance run. You don't want to lose a game like that. You don't want to lose a game in which the Yankees have nobody in their bullpen they trust, so they ride Clark Schmidt until the bases are loaded with two outs in the ninth inning and Wandy Peralta comes in and Francisco Lindor doesn't swing at one goddamn strike before he pops up the center field. You don't want to lose a game like that. But I want to give you something positive. And what's positive is nothing about the last two games, as bad as they've been, give me long-term concern. Like, I was getting tweets and DMs from people saying, this is the beginning of the collapse. We got to get this out of our mind. Like, baseball teams are sometimes going to play crappy for a few days. We have been spoiled in that the Mets don't play crappy for long stretches of time. Like, you could argue this stretch, this road trip that just concluded, was a very mediocre road trip. They went four and six. That's not good. I admit that. They lost three out of four to the Braves, a team we hate. They lost two games to the Yankees, a team we hate. And in the middle, they had great success against the Phillies, winning three out of four. But they haven't had long stretches of playing bad baseball. They just had a stretch, though, of two games against the Yankees in which they couldn't hit. And quite frankly, and I mean this with as much respect as I can to the Yankees, I don't think good pitching shut them down. I don't think Domingo Herman is that good. I don't think Marinaccio is that good. I don't think Loisega is that good. I don't think uh, Frankie Montas is that good. They let him off the hook a million times. I don't think Clark Schmidt is that good. And I certainly don't think Wandy Peralta is that good. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So I don't believe they were shut down by good pitching. I believe the Mets sucked for two days. That's what, that's what I think happened. They didn't hit. Uh, I don't blame Joey Cora to get to that moment for Starling Marte's RBI single when Cora sent Brett Beatty and he was thrown out the plate by a pretty good amount. And the reason I don't blame him is second and third, two outs, base it to right field. You got a rookie in right field. I don't mind forcing the Yankees to make a play. I don't. And I know you've got Lindor on deck, but I still like, force him to make a play. And in the Yankees' credit, Cabrera made the play. I, I didn't look at that moment as a back-breaking moment for the Mets. The moment that killed him was Pete Alonso dropping a pop-up, which somehow they didn't call an error. They called it a freaking base hit, which just pisses me off. Because, look, I love Pete. Pete's been miserable for about two weeks now. And just because he breaks his bat after he strikes out and shows emotion doesn't make it okay. Like, Pete Alonso offensively has been very, very quiet. He did have two hits late in this game, and I give him credit for that because I think Pete has become a better all-around hitter. But the double play in game one, the drop pop-up, uh, the foul pop-up on a 3-1 pitch with two one and one out in the first inning. Like, he's had these big moments in this series in which he's come up small. It's okay. I, I don't think he's going to collapse. I don't think this is the beginning of the end for Pete Alonso. I'm just being honest about what I've seen. And that drop pop-up is not just on Pete Alonso. That's on Starling Marte. And I guess a little bit Jeff McNeil, but mostly Starling Marte. Make the freaking play. 
You're the right fielder coming in. Catch the damn ball. Mistakes like that can't happen. They just can't. And look, how does that inning play out if Alonzo makes the play? I know Ben Benintendi got a base hit. Does the same thing happen? I don't know if the same thing happens. I'll tell you this, though. The fact that Buck Showalter has to trust Joely Rodriguez in a tie game in the seventh inning is a problem. He's not any good. I know he's had some good moments, moments where even I've said, oh, wow, Joely Rodriguez pitched well. Seth Lugo's one thing, and I give Seth credit. Seth came in, he strikes out Aaron Judge, he strikes, excuse me, strikes out Anthony Rizzo. I'm a little gassy. What do you want from me? Even though he walks Glaber Torres, throws the little wild pitch, stolen base in which he's not paying attention, gets a big out of Josh Donaldson. Seth Lugo did the job. Good for him. There are moments where Seth Lugo pitches well. Joely Rodriguez in a tie game in the seventh inning can never happen. It can't. And it's a reminder that Billy Epler just didn't do enough to improve this bullpen. I'm sorry. I don't want to bring that up every time the bullpen falters. And I don't blame the bullpen squarely for this loss. Again, they did not hit. They scored two freaking runs against Frankie Montas, Clark Schmidt, Wandy Peralta, and went two for 13 with runners in scoring position. That's why they lost. But still, Joely Rodriguez tied game in the seventh inning. That's a problem. Adam Adovino is weird. He did strike out DJ, gave up a big hit to a guy who's going to win the MVP in the American League, and outside of that, pitched very, very well. But they did not hit. They couldn't buy a big hit. And that gets me to Daniel Vogelbach. Daniel Vogelbach is clearly hurt. Buck Showalter came clean about it the other day, saying he's battling a hamstring issue. We mentioned this on the Rico the other day, that when he doesn't score from second base on a Jeff McNeil base hit, eh, Something seems off. Buck goes out with the trainer. Vogelback says I'm fine. They pinch run for him later in the game. I love that Daniel Vogelback is playing, even though he's not 100%, and he still gives you that pop, and he still gives Pete Alonso a little bit of protection, and he did hit that home run the other day after the drop pop-up. But on that double play in the eighth inning, you have first and second, nobody out. The Mets offense is about to respond from that body blow in the bottom of the seventh. You get the first two guys on. Lindor draws that walk. Alonzo, to his credit, as much as I killed him before, 0-2, ground ball to left field basic. Great job by Pete. You have two on and nobody out for Daniel Vogelbach, and he hits a ground ball to shortstop. That needs to be a fielder's choice. There should be first and third one out for Jeff McNeil. The human being can't move. And watching him run down the line and get thrown out by a lot on a ball that cannot be a double play, makes you wonder, can you play him if he can't move? Buck Showalter made a little quip. He said, well, the good news is it's not hurting him from his strength, or whatever the line was. Basically, he was saying, he's a fat F who doesn't run anyway. He's a great hitter. It doesn't matter that he can't move. And in theory, Buck's right. In theory, Buck's right. But... Can you play a guy who literally can't move? Can you play a guy that in a situation like that, anything on the ground, I'm not even kidding, anything on the ground is a double play because he's like a beached whale. He can't move. I don't know, man. I think I got to sit him for a few days. Now, they're about to play the Colorado Rockies. Not that that matters. I mean, you got to win every freaking game anyway. But I think you got to rest the hamstring a little bit. 
He can't be in a situation in which if he hits the ball on the ground, no matter how soft, no matter where it is, it's a double play. That's a huge play in this game because, and I can't predict that Jeff McNeil does the exact same thing if that turns out to be a fielder's choice, but McNeil hit the crap out of the ball in a right field. Cabrera made the play. Arguably, it's a sacrifice fly. It's just something different happens if Daniel Vogelback can move. Now, he also looked at a lot of fastballs right down the middle. He didn't have a great offensive day, so I think it's easier for me to pick on him, but you do have to make a tough decision. And that is, can you play a guy that's that hurt? I don't know, man. That's a, that's a tough one. It really is. But even after that, Jeff McNeil lines out. They put together that very exciting rally in the ninth inning, which was kind of hilarious because there's two outs and nobody on before you could even think too much. And Tra- uh, Tyler Naquin comes up. And I think he's behind an account, 0-2, 1-2. Everybody's on their feet. The drunk jackass behind me is singing New York, New York. And I, I say to my son, my wife, my father, all right, the game's over. Let's just, let's get ready to leave. And I proceeded to say that 15 times in a row because Naquin draws a walk. Nimmo draws a 3-2 count before he gets an infield hit. Marte draws a walk. And I'm like, I got to keep saying the same things. I have to go with my superstition. And I do admit, because I'm sure somebody saw this and they'd repeat it anyway. Five different times, I put my scorebook away. Because I thought the game was about to end. And I'm like, I'll remember the strikeout to end the game. I'll remember the pop-up to end the game. So I put my book away. Oh, wait, ball four. Let me take my book out. Oh, wait, infield hit by Brandon Nimmo. Let me take my book out. And the only positive about that whole thing was you could really feel the angst of Yankee fans every time the Mets put another guy on base. But even still, I I don't know why. And I'm not always a negative guy because there are some games I'll watch where I have a good feeling to it. Never did I think they were going to come back. Never. (laughs) You know, Lindor comes up. He's swinging at the first two pitches. Both of them out of the strike zone. Even the 0-2 line drive down the left field line, which... For a second, you're like, oh, maybe it's fair. I just, I never felt good about that final sequence. And yeah, the Mets showed fight. If you want to take a positive out of that, that's fine. The Mets have shown fight all year. I don't think you need to find the ninth inning of this game to say, oh, wow, the Mets showed fight. The Mets have shown fight all year. They lost. Now, sometimes things are simple. They lost the freaking game. 